Love is a many splendored thing. The way it manifests and coalesces in our lives is different from person to person. The way in which we approach these kinds of relationships hinges on a variety of factors, but sometimes all we need is a little bit of time to figure it out. Back in the early 80s, director Rob Reiner, screenwriter Nora Ephron, and producer Andy Scheinman met for lunch to discuss developing a story together. Reiner, freshly divorced from his ex-wife, Penny Marshall, lamented over his new single life. He expressed interest in making a movie about two people who form a platonic relationship knowing that sex would ruin their friendship, but their chemistry causes them to do it anyway. Efren liked this idea so much that she offered to write the screenplay for the movie. So Reiner helped her secure a deal with Columbia Pictures and the development process for the film How They Met began. Reiner and Efren developed the script together for years, trying to get the dynamics of the story just right. Actor Billy Crystal, a longtime friend of Reiner's, even got involved with developing the characters, with Reiner and Crystal being the inspiration for Harry and Efren and her friend serving as the basis for Sally. During this development period, Reiner made both Stand By Me and The Princess Bride, which also featured Billy Crystal in a small role as the healer, Bad Max. Searching for more inspiration, Efren went around and interviewed employees of the studio about their relationships, many of which serves as the foundation for many of the interview vignettes seen in the final film. Tom Hanks, Richard Dreyfuss, Michael Keaton, and Albert Brooks were all offered the role of Harry, but turned it down, opening the door for Billy Crystal to take the role that he had essentially helped originate. At first, the film ended with Harry and Sally deciding to remain friends and not pursue a romantic relationship with each other. And while this felt like a more realistic ending, it didn't quite feel right to the filmmakers. So they decided to go with the more optimistic ending, even though it wasn't as true to life. When Harry met Sally, finally got a limited release in theaters in the summer of 1989. Fantastic word of mouth caused the film to gain a lot of traction, so when it eventually expanded to a wide release, the film was both a commercial and critical success. By the end of its theatrical run, when Harry Met Sally grossed over $92 million on a $16 million budget, while also receiving an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay, which it would lose to Dead Poets Society. Despite that, when Harry Met Sally has grown in popularity over the years, becoming what some consider to be the quintessential romantic comedy of all time. So today, we're not picking anything as we ask the question, when Harry Met Sally, what's it about? I'm Ricardo Boyd Diaz. I'm Seth Crow. I'm Megan Branham. And this is the What's It About Film Podcast, a show where we try to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding a mirror up to ourselves and see how it reflects in our own lives. Megan and Seth, how you doing today? Good. We're doing good. We must guys? talk like this for the entirety of the <laughs> podcast. There is I, no way. I don't talk like this. Turn the time. No, 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 no repeat. And I want answer. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of the podcast, we will be speaking this way. Perfect. All right, Megan, let's hear what you how you say it. Oh, uh, waiter, there's too much pepper. <laughs> Wait, no. It's hard. Too much. No, too, too much, much pepper. On my paprikash. On, On my, my paprikash. paprikash. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what did, what nice did you today? What did you do today, Megan? That before this? Uh, uh, it's ten thirty here. So okay, okay, that's why you're asking. So <laughs> the thing we were gonna do, we didn't actually do. Oh, um, so you got some rest. I got some rest. The Good. thing we were gonna do was a sunrise jeep tour. Um, which mm. I still might do later, but 
it, you had to wake up at two thirty in the morning. Um, and I found out the other day that I get motion sick now, all of a sudden. At yeah, the that age happens. Of 30. That happens. Yeah. So I, and I, I have stuff for it that seems to be working, but I just didn't want to, uh, it, risk do, it. Do you like roller coasters? This. I love roller coasters. Me too, but you can't, I can't, I cannot go backwards now on a roller coaster. I can't, I will vomit. I will throw up. I don't like that. And it's just, yeah, it's the universe telling you you're getting older. I don't like it just that. happens. Well, I found like Dramamine. So that's what I took on the way back. So yeah. we did like a day tour the other day. And that's the only way I got back. But um, this morning I was going to do that and ended up not. So I woke up a couple hours ago and just finished the movie and ordered breakfast. And that's it so far. Well, you look extremely well rested. Thank you. You've never, so you've never looked better, Megan. Thank you very much. I feel very good. <laughs> You've never. I am very excited Megan to may never come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Wait. How are you guys? What was your? How was your day? <laughs> Sorry. I. <laughs> For those of you out there who may have missed the last episode, uh, Megan is still in Bali, and so uh, me and Seth are here in the states. It's it's in the evening for us, but it's early for Megan. Uh, and so, yeah, it's fine. I just got back to LA last night, like, mm. like one thirty. I got oh, in my apartment. Yeah. So, but I had the day off, so I didn't have to go to work or anything. So I spent today doing some like chores around the house, um, getting, you know, everything like resituated here, uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, I also did some writing, watched the movie, all the good stuff. So my day has been pretty relaxing and that's good. Cause I think I just got back. So like settling in, it was nice to not have to like jump right back into yeah. my LA life. Yeah. Uh, what about for you, Seth? Uh, How's your day been? Uh, it's been okay. Um, I saw a new therapist today who's really cool. I mean, cool is not the word. He laughs at my jokes. so. Oh, he's nice. so cool. Uh, that's nice. He's the um, coolest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he laughs at my jokes. I like this they guy. Don't, they don't get any <laughs> – like. Like they, they're not ever any darker than they are in therapy. So it's, it's like, okay. Um, but the thing is I might have to take a break from therapy for a while because, because money, because it's, there's no insurance coverage. So it's like, I'm spending, I was spending before I had an apartment, $530 a month on therapy. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm at this like crossroads of, Maybe I should take a break for a little while or find a therapist that's un under our insurance. But yeah. Um, but I, at the same time, you know, I, I'm so self-reflective anyway. Maybe I should give myself a break, you know, like like maybe maybe constantly analyzing myself isn't a great thing. And maybe I should just fucking live for a little while. I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question, but that's, that's what's going, that's what's going on in my life today is I got to decide what to do. F finances. I just took on the world of finances. So, um, it's a lot. you know, it'll be, it's yeah. growing pains, but that's life. That's yeah. life, baby. What you drinking there? Oh, it's a Waterloo. Oh. Strawberry. Waterloo. Yeah. I like the strawberry Waterloo. It's what, what is Waterloo? Is that a, it's a sparkling, sparkling water? water? Sparkling water. Um, I have very specific tastes in sparkling water. Yeah, I don't like the sparkling water. Yuck! Yeah, it's like what? Tastes, tastes medicinal. Like Waterloo it. has the only strawberry sparkling. 
This is the only good. brand that has strawberry? It's it's, it's really me. good, strawberry. Yeah. And then uh, passion fruit liqueur is really good. Um, and then after that, I like coconut. I kind of like the taste of sunscreen. I, I'm not. I, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Megan's face made a worse face than my face was. I just, I, yeah, no, I can't relate, but I respect it. Can't, can't, who can relate? Woo! Not me. <laughs> Not me. Do you have a go to? Do you have a go to LaCroix? No, I drink um normally either like plain bubbly. Pure um, is hard to find. Pure is the well, like bubbly has like the blue one is just like no flavor. Yeah. Um, and then I also kind of like the I like the I can't remember the name of the brand. They're kind of expensive, so I don't get them all the time. Like aqua. Something they're tall and skinny. They come know, in flavors like, like strawberry. Or... Yeah, I think I had yeah. them when you guys were at my house. I like yeah. those a lot. All of those flavors are good. Um, and then I think that's it. There's another one I'm forgetting the, right now. If you ever find the cotton candy Aloha, I don't know if that sounds good. No, it's fucking great. It's so good. It's I great. like cotton candy. Why don't I just get cotton yeah. candy? I'm trying to remember the brand. That. I could do that, and I would. You would. <laughs> I could, and you I would. would. I, would I would love the, to, a, Ricky. I would love to cotton candy. I would love to go to the circus with you. Oh my god! I think I think you would be like in your prime at the circus. <laughs> I would be. I would be a nightmare. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. You don't like I'm, circuses? No, none of that. I'd be like, you'd lose me in the first five seconds. I'd be gone, and you would never oh. find me again. Oh. <laughs> I remembered. I know everybody was dying to know. Spindrift is the other one. Oh, you like Spindrift? I like Spindrift. They have a strawberry. Yeah. I'm looking right now. It looks like they do. Not a sponsor. None of these are a sponsor. Sorry, guys. Aren't you guys? However, our our audience, our audience is so thankful for this riveting, thrilling content. (laughs) However, strawberry lemonade, the pink lemonade Spindrift. If water, if Waterloo, bubbly. Or Spindrift wants to sponsor us, we are open to that. Please. So please. Um, but we're not here to talk about sparkling water. We're not here to talk about Bali as as beautiful as it is, I'm sure. Um, we are here to talk about when Harry met Sally. Uh, and this is Megan's pick. So Megan, other than the fact that you are a huge Nora Ephron stan, um, yep. Uh, uh, why did you pick when Harry met Sally for us? Uh, what was it that drew you to that one particularly? She, she, right about now? For those who don't have video, she pointed to her Apple her tattoo. Sleepless she in Seattle a, tattoo. Sleepless in Seattle sleepless tattoo. Yes, um, yeah, so and we did uh, Sleepless in Seattle on Megan's Choice earlier this year. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite Nora Ephron. But uh, when Harry met Sally is just like, I think, um, to me, it feels like undeniably a good movie. Uh, like when someone's like, I don't like Sleepless in Seattle or, or like you, yeah, it's Seth, like you were saying, um, or even like you've got mail. I'm like, okay, I get it. But I mean, I don't really get it, but I respect it. But if you don't like when Harry met Sally, I need like, I need reasons. Like I need, I, I, it's just a good, objectively a really it's, good movie. It's a movie movie. <laughs> um, it's a movie movie. It movie folds. Movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We just hadn't. I know we hadn't done it. It's one of my favorites. Um, I have never really thought, thought about it, why it's so good. So I think it'll be interesting to like dive um, into it. 
because I've always mm. it's just always been like in my brain because I watched it when I was pretty young. So. Yeah. When was the last time you watched it? Oh God, I watch it like two or three times a year. Um, okay. So probably, yeah, summer maybe. Uh, what about you, Seth? What's your experience with when Harry met Sally? I hate it. It's awful. <laughs> it's the yeah? worst movie. It's fucking the worst movie. Why? <laughs> He's kidding. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't. I do know, because I think this is the most accurate depiction of love of the process of love on screen that I have ever seen. Uh, I, well, maybe not like, that's a broad statement. I, th I guess what I mean is, is like in modern times, like a grounded portrayal of how love develops. I think that's a better, more accurate description of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's I mean, your, what, what's your history with it? Like, when uh i've seen it i own it now <laughs> i own it which is hilarious because um you could not i could not rent it i could not i had to fucking buy it so it's the only this is the when harry met sally is the only movie i own as a single 35 year old man uh, <laughs> oh no yeah. not oh no that's great that's gonna be helpful for you i think okay you are billy crystal um, I mean, I'm very similar to Billy Crystal. Yeah. Um, very similar. And I really relate to him specifically right now in post-Helen times. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I mean, we're, it's a bit of a reflection. Like I'm not, I'm not as heartbroken in that way, but I'm definitely that lost. And um, yeah, uh, I saw this movie probably in college the first time I might have seen it. I might have made my not made myself, but I might have got drunk and watched it in my late twenties. Um, yeah, that's my history. There's lots Tricky. to say. We see where if I will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very similarly to Seth, I uh, I was coming into my like uh, cinemaphile uh, days uh, in college, and so like like Megan was saying, this is like one of those movies that is on like every list of like top rom-coms, even top like movies. Um, and obviously it's really iconic for several different reasons. Um, some of the biggest names in Hollywood, especially of that time period were involved in making this movie, Nora Ephron, Rob Reiner, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, you know? Um, and so it was like one of those movie movies as Seth likes to say that, was on all these lists so when i was dipping into my cinema file beginnings kind of wading into the pool this was one of those movies that i watched and yeah it's a fantastically written movie um and we can um get dip into like why that is a little bit later during our conversation but like it's really well written the characters are are feel grounded even though like some of the situations and some of the, the things that they do are a little bit wild um it always feels so it, real it, it feels like a real permitted. person it's permitted yeah. because it is cinema right yeah. like it is a movie mm. but it but it becomes real because it's heightened i don't know it's like yeah no it, 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 sorry yeah. i was agreeing with you <laughs> I, I know it sounded like i wasn't i was yeah no say, <laughs> yeah no um but i always compare it to like the same way people are always like uh going on and on about like quentin tarantino's dialogue or mm. like 
Sorkin dialogue, like, and those get a little more credit, I think, or used to, I think it's changing, but because that's for like largely a male audience, I think Nora Ephron's writing style is just as specific and unique and heightened, like just heightened enough, but so believable kind of because it's heightened. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with the way she writes dialogue. I think it's like up there with every, oh, there's a cat outside. Sorry. A Bali cat. (laughs) Is, is it a jaguar? Oh, he's so skinny. No, he's a Jag, baby. Ja- jaguars are South American, bro. He's so They're skinny. They're in India, too, but she's not in India. We've no. established it. We talked Indonesia, about this. bro. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. There's a cat outside. Um, we all yes, get distracted when there's a cat her, outside. Her dialogue is is like a perfect mix of, of realistic oh, and yeah. well, her dialogue just Her dialogue justifies the heightened shit. Like, she finds words to place with like the orgasm scene right mm-hmm. like that scene that scene is i don't think this movie would be this movie without the orgasm scene well wasn't that line um, after improvise ricky do you know so so originally or this that scene was not in the script okay that's what i thought um and they realized that they were in the writing process because again nora Ephron was writing it but she was basing a lot of harry's character on the conversations that she would have with Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal. And so that character is like an amalgamation of those two men at that time. And so that character was so much more re- fully realized in a lot of ways and kind of was getting a lot of the focus of the narrative. And Sally, yeah. And then she was like, and then they were like, oh, Sally's getting lost a little bit here. So they like, we need a scene for Sally to shine. And so they wrote that scene a little bit later in the development process. And that line, Billy Crystal, uh, no. Rob Reiner's mom? Well, it was Rob Reiner's mom. She didn't improvise it, but she was fed it by Billy Crystal. Okay. Billy Crystal okay. Ad, like came up with it on the spot mm-hmm. and fed it to her. But that was Rob Reiner's mom that delivered it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and she did amazing with it. Yeah. Um, but you're right. That scene is like because I think this movie is definitely probably more Harry's movie. I think Harry has a a little bit more. It's a, it's a two hander. It is a two hander. Yeah. For sure. I understand I think, why it would seem that way. And Sorry, maybe this is my maybe, oh no maybe the maybe also that's my bias in it coming through where I was also maybe gravitating more towards Harry because like very similar to Seth some of some of the things I can probably relate to Harry a little bit more than I can relate to Sally yeah uh, and so maybe, maybe that's I why just it works gravitate so well. more toward it's a great two hander because yeah. they both have a like, lot of growing to do I watch it and I'm like this feels more like Sally's movie but like a guy who relates more to him could watch it and say it feels more like his movie mm-hmm. with like enough of the other to. I feel like it's really 50-50, but it depends on what your experience is. So I get yeah. that. Um, and that scene, I think, is obviously one of the most iconic scenes in the whole movie. You know, the, in the, all the, fake of o, the fake O scene and, and one of the best one-liners in movie history that I'll have what she's having. I mean, it's like the culture of men did not know that happened before yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Which is true. like fucking mind-blowing. You know? <laughs> so that's, funny. That's, that's crazy. Like yeah. now... It, I mean, like Seinfeld did an episode about it. Like, like there's so it's like such a common trope now. But like mm-hmm. then, it was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Reiner said that when they screened it in early screenings, the women were losing their minds. I'm sure, laughing, yeah. But the men were yeah. silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The yeah. men were like, like you said, like, huh? Yeah. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> What's <Yeah>. happening? <laughs> but I mean. Even if she didn't write it, it's just the the punctuation 
that she always allows for the punctuation that's necessary to to um, end those scenes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what would uh, like like there's just several scenes in this movie that the like their weird shit happens, but then they justify it with dialogue. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's she does that very well. She does. does that very well. I mean, for me, the genius in this movie comes with like. I mean, because how many rom? We've watched a handful of rom coms on this uh, podcast. Uh, more since in the, I got last here. Couple years, yes, more since you've got here for sure. And uh, I mean, I think we've watched really good ones. I don't think we've ever like pulled up a bad one. You know what I mean? But like, you know, nobody does it quite as good as Nora Ephron. Uh, and I think it really shines through in that last New Year's Eve scene when mm, Billy yeah. Billy Crystal does the. I love you monologue. <sighs> you know, I love, I love yeah. the, I love that you, it takes you an hour to order a sandwich. I love that you get cold when it's like that whole like monologue comes through so organically and so no genuinely. No <laughs> well, yeah. Like, it, it, but like in, in other rom-coms, like those moments that, that big speech moment always rings a little bit like smaltzy, a little bit cheesy a little it always rings a little bit like uh, okay like this is just a, a trope in rom-coms that we've all come to just accept it's going to happen but like in this movie it it's so almost underplayed in such a realistic way that it's like wow this is a very like and not and kudos to billy crystal for the way he delivers it as yeah. again so understated it's so matter of fact it's so odd like so genuine uh, it's it, it's it's maybe one of my biggest touchstones for how I define what love is. Mm-hmm. That speech, like yeah. I love all these yeah. these idiosyncrasies about. I love all the things that would annoy other people. Like, kind of like she's saying with like about was well, like Joe, it, it, like it's Joe, not even... Joe didn't like. I'm too uptight. I'm too I'm too quirky. I'm too <sighs> I'm this difficult. And Joe, right? I'm difficult. Right, exactly. He's like Joe couldn't love all those things about me. Well, and not it's not only like. Too he, learned to, he learned to love those things about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's like he, it drove him crazy in the beginning, but the things that drove him crazy are what eventually made, was the proof that he loved her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, so, similarly, we heard the same thing in like uh, Good Will Hunting, right? When, uh, when Robin Williams' character is talking about his wife, he's like, you know, it's all those weird things that only I know about that that were was only just for me. Those are the things that you miss the most. And those are the things that you, you remember the most and love the most. It's yeah. not the big things. It's not the big moments. It's like all those small things it's the apple. Are, are the special things. Yeah, apple exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's very good at that. Like those um, reflections on the tiny moments. Also like the physicality of that scene or just like the not physicality, but him, the like transition to him running. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that he's just like, you can see him kind of wake up. Um, he also plays that really well. He's genius in this movie. He's great. Yeah. He is genius. He's really good. Like Meg Ryan is stunning and a good actress, <laughs> but like, man, he's like, yeah. I think she does. I, I, think she's genius too a lot of her like little lines the way she delivers them like are some of my favorite lines like um they don't make sunday because of god like that's yeah, perfectly yeah, that's delivered um 
like the scene where they're fighting outside is so good. Um, she's just, she also, I think she, it's very understated how she plays it, but like, it really gets me like the way she sells it. Her uh, eyes too, man. Whoa. She, yeah. She's got those, she's got those, those, ho- those big beautiful. Hollywood eyes Yeah, that yeah. like, yeah. Oh, Meg also Ryan was uh special when in her, her earlier part of her career, she was, She's still special. special. She's, She's still, still special. special. Don't <laughs> I, she gets her... some of the best. Like, uh, it's amazing. You look like a normal person, but actually you are the angel of death. Like, those are so good. And she does them so well. Like, I can never, I, don't, I can't imagine anyone else saying those things. And still being endearing and not like, she's a little bit of a bitch. Like, I don't think that at all when I'm watching this. I'm like, she's adorable and totally in the right. He's annoying. Do you have a favorite line? Me? Yeah. It's too hard. Um, do you guys? I'll think about it. <laughs> do you guys have one? I don't have one specifically that's standing out to me right now. I mean, obviously, like the I'll have what she's having is always funny because yeah. it's just so – that scene is so ridiculous. Um, and that line yeah. always – always so, it's so well-timed. Um but I can't think of any off the top of my head. What about you, Seth? You seem like you might have one in mind. I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing. It's hard because like every line of this movie yeah. is good. Oh, good. I think I remember okay, I think I remember a line that kind of sticks with me. It's the it's the you know, thirty second it's between thirty seconds and all oh. and all night. That's your problem. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Like I, I, I there is something about that. Like obviously because people again, everybody comes into a, a relationship with different needs expectations different preferences and like it is finding that like middle ground and again those things like even if you come at and want kind of something slightly different you have to find it's that in between that's the problem right if you if one person is not willing to move on something then it's it's not that's where the problem lies in a relationship to me it's i mean this might be my what's it about phrase but um you find somebody you can grow into. So like you find somebody that makes you grow and you grow into each other. Mm-hmm. So like instead of instead of you growing alone, instead of you growing the other way, you grow into each other. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that's beautiful. Um, All of mine are silly. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of a serious one. It's okay. I like I baby like that's fish important. mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like baby talk. Uh, Ted Kennedy was shot. No, like that one too is really funny. Um, yeah, it's really hard. I like, I like, I, I have to go to his speech at the end. Yeah. And, when and, you realize and, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's when, when, I mean the best to me, the best line is when he says, when you realize who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want your rest of your life to start right away. Yeah. That's a really good one. Mm. It's so hard. I think I, okay. Some, oh, go ahead. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was gonna say I have I have a favorite vignette, which I'm yeah. gonna classify as a different uh, question. Yeah. And do you have a favorite line? And my yeah. favorite vignette, I can do word for word, but I won't do it. Um, mm-hmm. Which is I'm Ben Small of the Coney Island Smalls. Smalls. And then yes. She says, <laughs> "I know the way." That's when I knew. I knew the way you know about a good. Why melon. can't it be that easy? You I know? love that. <laughs> yeah. Why can't it be that easy? I'm Ben Small. That's my favorite one. Well, yeah. I think, 
Well, that's, I mean, if honestly, we can get into this part of the conversation because I think, so again, a lot of those vignettes weren't, those were hired actors to like do those vignettes, but Nora Ephron had taken, you know, she did actually interview couples on the studio lot to like get the, get that, those stories. Those are almost, she said, almost word for word retellings of the stories that she heard in those interviews. Um, and just hired actors to like redo them basically. Um, and so a lot of those stories were real st- stories, real relationship origination stories. And so I think um, part of this movie is about that process, right? The, like Seth said, like if only it were that easy, you know, and for some, sometimes it is for some people, it is like that. And other times it's, it's not. And I think something that disappoints me about this movie a little bit they had maybe one story that was kind of like that where it was like, Oh, it wasn't easy. Like mm-hmm. we were married. Then we got divorced. Then he got married two, three more times. And then we found each other again. And we've been married for 35 years since then or something like that. And, or like it was yeah. a 35 year gap from our, in, in from marriage one to marriage to getting remarried. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a long, hard road to rediscovering kind of like love. And, um, Stuff like Have that. Have you ever there's, seen? Wait, go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say, there's also the one about um, like 35, or no, I think that's the one you're talking about. The one where they separate and they come back, and the only line yeah. I can remember is her saying, "He looked exactly the same." That one's yeah. kind of like that. But yeah, the rest are pretty. Well, they were they didn't get married till they were 40, but they were high school sweethearts, and then yeah, yeah. he looked exactly the same. <laughs> My favorite one is. When they grew up on the same street, yeah, yeah. and had never met. Yeah. yeah, like I think that's so cool. I that, wrote. Like, he wrote nine whole, extra floors. Yeah. Like that's so cool that the universe prevented them from meeting. Because maybe they weren't ready to. Yeah, See, yeah that's exactly. That's something for me. That's that is about that this movie really, really highlights, and it kind of goes along with like kind of like what Seth was talking about is like this idea of. And this this phrase has been in my head for like the last couple of weeks, and I can't remember where I heard it from, but it was like right place, wrong time, mm-hmm. right? Like you're where you're supposed to be, it's just not that it's just not the moment yet for you, right? This isn't when it happens yet, and that's like that's what this movie kind of is. Like they are in the right place, they are together, right? And but it's not they're not ready for each other yet. Yeah. You know, they have so much more growing to do as individuals and you know, they're young still. They're not even they think they are supposed to be around college graduate age if even Billy that. Crystal's not as young. Billy Crystal's not as young. No, but there's oh, but they're supposed to be movie. they're supposed to be portrayed as the same age. Yeah. Uh, I don't I think he's older. I thought I they both graduated at the same. I, maybe I don't know. maybe so. Yeah, I, don't know. It, I just you know you know it's Hollywood. Together. They they adjust a- people's ages. They never play people's yeah. ages exact same. Regardless, they're supposed to be in yeah. their early twenties. About. Uh-huh. They are not the people that either of them is going to be in their adulthood at this point yet. They have not experienced enough of life. They are just not there yet, uh-huh. and so they meet and they like they they joke the guy. We can't. We couldn't stand each other. She's like, "Well, I couldn't stand him." Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah. it's it's they weren't. And this what makes me laugh the most sometimes in this movie is Billy Crystal doesn't even remember the, the batshit stuff that he says. <laughs> She's like, "Don't you remember you said guys and girls can't be friends?" He's like, "I said that." 
She's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, no, I don't. No, no he remembered. He remembered. Well, he did after. Well, yeah. He's like, oh, maybe I did. Yeah, maybe I did. She I think also, I did I, they do a good job of like those little moments showing you how much people change. Um, like mm. her being like, I never said that about um, Casablanca, mm-hmm. about her not wanting I would never to, say that. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's so realistic. Uh, but yeah, they both, you can see how they both are different. Right place, wrong time. You know, it's. It's sometimes it's just not like you said, the universe for that one couple is like you aren't ready for each other yet. Yeah. Like you're you're where you need to be, you're nearby. So that way when it's time, you know, it can happen. Um and like as a romantic, I am extremely romantic. I've been a romantic person since I was a child. Like I was like in preschool talking about getting married to the girls I had little crushes on at three, four <laughs> years old. Like I was drawing dream houses with the girl I had a crush on in second grade. Talking about how many kids we were going to have. I was, I don't know where I picked up all this romantic stuff, but I was a very romantic kid growing up. And, um, you know, it, it, honestly, it's caused me a whole lot of difficulty in actual relationships. Cause we talked about this, about like romantic comedies being unrealistic, right? They, they, they paint romance and they paint the like dating process, the wooing process the courtship process in such a fantastical way. And it rarely is like that. And I think that's caused me a lot of heartache because yeah, I get wrapped up in that stuff. And I, I then I am overly romantic and that's not what people necessarily want in real life. It's, it can be no, overwhelming. It can be, they do not. it can be just too much for people. It's a lot. Yeah. It can be a lot. Um, and so it's interesting that this movie kind of like touches on that in that way where it's like hey like sometimes you're just not you're just not ready for that yet um you know yeah. you're not in the right place right time and so i can get swept up in the like romantic symbols and the like the unit like you said kind of the universe putting you putting you in the place where you need to be at the right time and and so like you think like oh this is like meant to be type oh, thing yeah i, I can sucker. remember I'm a sucker oh yeah i can remember one time in college, uh, I, I might have told this story before on this on this podcast, but just in case, I mean, we have so many episodes that people might not have heard it. Um, I was in college. I just I was taking my first acting class ever as a junior because um, I was just getting raised. I hadn't even switched officially to my to my theater major at that point, so I was taking my first acting class ever. Um, and we were in class, and there's this girl that I had a huge crush on, huge crush on. I was like, this girl is awesome she's funny and she's smart and she's a good actress very talented um and i remember our first uh partner scene was coming up like first time ever doing a a scene with another person for me at least um and i was like okay like if if i get paired with this person like that's the universe telling me to like make a move right like i I should at least say something so (laughs) so we come in for class that day and uh, the teacher's like, okay, we're going to pull names out of a hat. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a ball cap person. So, I, of course, I was wearing a hat that day. So, she's like, oh, Ricky, uh, can we use your hat? Uh, I was like, sure. She's like, okay, since we're using your hat, you can draw the first, your first name. I was like, oh, great. Like, that's just like, like the odds are so against me at this point now. You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, all right. So, I reached in, pulled the name, and I pulled her name immediately. The universe knew. Yeah. I was like, 
And some again, like you said, my head was like, oh, that's like a like again, the odds of that are are like there were like twenty five people in that class. That could have picked yeah. twenty four other names. Yeah, you were and, supposed to do it, but you were supposed to learn something, not get what mm-hmm. you did. exactly. And so, of course, for me, that was like, okay, this is a sign you have to at least put yourself out there, right? Um, and I did, I did do it. Um, and she's like, I did it in a way that what that was very movie. Like I did, I did like a, a very like, if a writer was writing a movie, they would write something like this in a movie, and it would work. Um, but I did something like that. And she's like, it was, it was very clever and it would have worked if I didn't have a boyfriend. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like it was, you know what I it was, I went away with that feeling good that I did it. And I felt proud that like, she like responded well to it. She's like, that was really good. That was very clever. And if, if I wasn't in a relationship already, we probably would have gone out. It worked. So I was like, okay. But like, I get wrapped up in. Like you said, these universe signs sometimes. So like that idea of like the universe putting you in the right place at the right time and or like making things happen so it, it happens when it's supposed to happen. I get so wrapped up in that kind of thinking sometimes that I think it also prevents me from making moves because I'm like, it's not the right time, right? I'm looking for the, the, the opening. I'm looking for the moment. And I'm coming to learn that sometimes that moment doesn't exist or you have to actually create that moment for yourself. Because otherwise, like, you could be waiting and you could miss your opportunity. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. Because you can create the moment for yourself and that won't work either. Right. So, like, it's, 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 eh, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know the answer. Mm-hmm. I get like, very wrapped up. Want me to tell you, do you want me to tell you guys the move? If, if Do you care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've told Seth, I've told you this move before. And. I've gotten some criticism on this move or like later on, someone's like, you sure you should have done it like this. And, and I was like, Oh, well, well, I did it the way I did it. And so she was at my apartment and we were uh, rehearsing. Uh, We were going over lines. We were rehearsing. And at that time, you know, it was college, my college, college, like 2010, 2012. So DVDs were still pretty, pretty big. So I had my big collection of DVDs. Uh, and she sees American Pie in my collection of DVDs. She's like, I've never actually seen American Pie. Um, and I told her, she, I was like, oh, you can borrow it if you want. You know? She's like, okay, yeah. Uh, so she, I let her borrow it. And um, she, I was like, I'll bring it back to you next class when we see each other next class. I was like, cool. Well, she forgot to bring it back the next class and wow. the next class and the next class and the next class. It was like three, four weeks that she had forgotten to give this dvd back uh-huh. and so i sent her what was i wrote an automated text from a like video rental store and i was mm-hmm. like you've accrued a massive late charge okay oh, uh, and so you could either pay like so many installments of this much money or you could go out with uh, and get coffee with me and i'll waive the fee um uh and she was like that's very clever and very sweet and i would have done it if i wasn't in a relationship Mm-hmm. Um, that is very sweet yeah very cute so yep i've had people tell shot. me yeah you should have you should have said we should watch american pie together that's what you should have done i think you're but, good you know. i think like i think that's sweet either way i thought it was you clever and she's, yeah. yeah i shot my shot and i, I yeah. don't have any regrets about doing it she's she's very nice she actually lives here in los angeles 
She actually like, saw up. she saw me and you together once, Seth, because she lived in your neighborhood, old neighborhood. Oh, yeah. She saw us at that Ralph's that one one time. Oh, the she Ralph's. Like, yeah. She was like, "Were you just at Ralph's on this street and this street?" And I, was I remember like, that. I remember that. Like, moment. Yes, you were. The, you, I invited her over to your place, and she said, "No." <laughs> She's like, "Nah," <laughs> but that's okay. Um. Yeah, I'm susceptible to these types of universe telling you to do things stuff. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I know. You don't have to. I know it's it's sensitive. I... Um, oh, go ahead. No, no. I was, I was filling dead air. <laughs> um, I was just trying to think if it's like, for me, what I think it's about. I think it's definitely about like letting the universe take its time and letting whatever's coming to you, take its time. And, but I also think it's about like their, that love is building. Like they're like, I don't know. I love the idea of like that genuine friendship and respect for each other developing Mm -hmm. and then it becoming something else. Like there, there was kind of a seed of it a little bit sometimes, but I just like, one of my favorite scenes is the fight outside their apartment after the wagon wheel coffee table thing. Maybe the, maybe, Yeah just the like they yell at each other and they both are kind of like not so nice which unfortunately will happen sometimes in a relationship of any kind that you're close in um but then like he lets his guard down and like he's been kind of a dick and, and he's he the person apologizes. to just be like i'm sorry yeah like that which is so do. no it's so powerful like it's such a little moment yeah but it's, it's so it's, important it, to their relationship it, it shows how they both have grown yeah. so much. And, and the like, fact that she's right away, like, it's okay. Like, I get it. Thank he you. apologizes twice in this movie. And and it's a huge deal each time he does because there's a, a setup for it where he has the opportunity to apologize and he chooses not to. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a huge, huge proof of his growth is any. Like it's their 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 markers. Oh yeah, early on he just doubles down on the stuff that he says, even if he well, doesn't it, actually necessarily one believe of, it. Sometimes he just talks well, out of his ass. Yeah, a lot. And, yeah. yeah. Sounds hey. And then and then, <laughs> and then he'll and then he'll double down yeah. instead of being like, no, I don't well, really believe that. Like you know? go to go back to favorite lines. I think one of them is well that whole scene in the car, that first scene where they're together, and her her saying like that doesn't make you deep or anything. And, um, like saying that when the shit goes down, he'll be ready. And then she says, meanwhile, you'll ruin your whole life thinking about that moment. And I, when I was a teenager watching that, I was like, damn, you're right. When I was like 16 and taking everything way too seriously, that little moment was really important for me. And I wanted to be like Sally. So, you know. When, when he says there's a, the, the specific moment that I'm remembering is they're walking through the park or I, I'm actually, I don't know. That's how it all runs together. But he, he goes, what's the statute limit, statute of limitations oh. on apologies? Yeah. She goes mm-hmm. 10 years. And then he I'll goes, get it. I, I can get it in under the wire, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't <laughs> apologize. He just says he can't if he wants yeah. to. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the crux of this movie, I mean, the, like the thematic statement of this movie, and this isn't me like, pulling it out of my ass this is like what the filmmakers have said is the crux of this movie is that that thematic question is can men and women be Fuck. friends you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go there it's okay. it's i mean it's the whole it's the whole 
again, it's the whole thematic thesis of the movie is they present I have that an and answer. They, they let it play out. I wish this was a beer. I have an answer. <laughs> I have an answer. Despite the fact that like I love this movie and it seems like they conclude that they can't um, mm. with like those caveats. But then again, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> the answer is obviously yes. Like I feel like that's kind of like a, an 80s, 90s, like no, they can't. I feel like we've come to a point where it's very obviously like yes, men and women can't be friends. I think the implications of that are kind of a little, they're a little sexist. They're a little antiquated. Um, I think it's a really interesting question to base a movie on. And I love this movie, but the answer is obviously, of course, men and women can be friends without. Yeah, I mean, the movie, yeah. And that's, and the, that's the, the, the politically the, safe answer. No, that's the actually right answer. This reminds me of, okay. This, when they're having that fight and he's like, you're not, uh, you, nothing gets to you, nothing phases you. I was like, that's me. Like, I feel like that when like Sally's so frustrated talking to him. That's how I feel talking to you sometimes. Where she's like, just because I don't react or say the thing that you think is, you know, the real answer doesn't mean it's not my real answer. And it's very huh. frustrating huh. to... well. Well, <laughs> in the movie, again, I'm not, this is not, I'm not talking about you, but in the movie, it's shown that she is holding a lot back. Well, she's holding a lot back, but I don't think that she, I think that's how she processes. No, and she's she super guarded. She's very she, guarded. Well, she's guarded and she's also very like level about how she, and like kind of removed when she's examining the situation. And I don't she think she's not telling the truth. She has to broken up with to be vulnerable. No, I don't think that's true. I think I don't that's think she's not That's the only time she lets her guard down. That's the only time she lets her guard down. The whole She movie. lets her guard down with her friends and she just cuz it doesn't look like someone sobbing doesn't mean she's not letting her guard down. I but think she doesn't sometimes... let her guard down with with Harry unless the only time she lets her guard down with Harry is when she got broken up with. I well, no cuz what do you, when she got broken long up? Long after. It's it's long after. Yeah, it's, it's not until she after. finds out finds out that her ex who said he didn't ever want to get married, tells her, calls her out of the blue. This is fucked up of him, by the way. Calls his yeah. ex out of the blue, the one who said, I want to marry you or else this doesn't work. And he's like, no, I don't want to marry anybody. Calls yeah. her out of the blue to just be like, hey, by the way, I'm getting married to somebody else. Right. Uh, like a year later. Yeah. And like and that's very directly hurtful to her and specifically. What? And what Billy Crystal says about her is how she needs to grow as a person. And that is, she doesn't let her guard down. She, she fucking doesn't feel anything. She, she doesn't process it. And, mm, and I disagree. She, she processes it very structurally and like rigidly. I don't and think that her guard. That's not wrong not, though. It's not wrong, but it's not, it's not right either. Like it's not well. How is how is how he processes it, right? No, but that's why they grow into each other. That's yeah. that's the point. Like, because yeah. because right now it just sounds like Harry's fucked up, and there's nothing wrong with Sally. No, like, there's yeah. There's lots wrong with Sally. There's and lots wrong with both of them. She's not. She is not emotionally connected. And I. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think maybe her way, like like Megan's saying, her way of coping with things, her emotions is too Harry's too emotional. Right. That's she that's I think I think fact. Sally tends to dissociate from her emotions and like look at yes, and look at them really analytically. And yes. and Harry Harry lets is them dictated. Yeah. Dictated Harry lets them control him. 
And yeah. that's like yeah. why they have so much trouble relating and why In they, the you know, there's the also men, women like, thing again. Yeah. But, but all, I mean, I think men, like, here's the thing though. Like, that's kind of what I do. I kind of relate to Sally in this way where I, mm-hmm. I'm not, and Seth can, can attest to this. I'm super guarded. I don't let things seem like they phase me unless mm-hmm. I really trust somebody to, to let the veil slip. Yeah. Like, I guess like the- Seth knows when I'm mad. Seth's like, you're really pissed off. You're yeah. really mad. Ricky's one uh, of the angriest people I know. <laughs> that's what he's told me very, very many times. I guess what I'm taking issue with to like echo what you're saying, Ricky, I, cause I, I don't think her being guarded means she's not in touch with her feelings. I read her as very in touch with her feelings and trying to process them in a way that's like, that she, she knows is best, but just cause she doesn't show them to him doesn't mean that she doesn't feel them. I think I like think that she's moment. scared of her emotions. Yes. I'm sure Amen. she is, but that's that doesn't mean she is. doesn't feel them. Like, the no, she feels them. She, to... she, she, the, she separates herself from but them. She's, and then she's terrified yeah. of them. Yeah. She's not, she's not looking them in the face. Well, I think and... she genuinely, cause she's so good at it, genuinely thinks that the whole Joe thing didn't get to her. And I believe that she doesn't want to be with him, but I also like that moment where she's breaking down after the phone right. call is, yeah, you're right. It's a very, like the first Well, that's the that compartmentalization she... that she does. She like yeah. takes out of those yeah. emotions Puts them in a box and it's like, no, that I, and I generally mm. don't care. And it's, and it's like, oh, but you do. But um, I think, yeah. And I think her guard is down with him at certain moments, like in a, like, I don't know. She, like that, when they're singing karaoke together or like fighting on the street or whatever, there are plenty of moments when she's not guarded with him. But that is like a big, big breakthrough moment. Like I just, I guess I just take issue with the idea not, that you have to break down to be vulnerable. I think she is being vulnerable with him. I don't think she's being like, I think, I think they have fun together. I think, but in her brain, she has put Harry in this box that is a friend box. Yeah. And, and the truth is, is they know they were in love with each other the first time they danced at like the first New Year's party. I think it's confusing. I'm not sure they knew. So this is, this is where I kind of, land on this question of the can women and men be friends and and megan you kind of hit on this idea like there is a little bit of like antiquated gender norms and gender gender generalization going on that men men will have more trouble being friends with women because men want would you know if a if a good friend of a man's if he's attracted to her if she's attractive in any way that this movie is saying that if that woman were to come on to that man he would do it um, he wouldn't. Correct. He would toss the friendship aside if there was an opportunity to, and Which I Harry think does. Harry does. I mean, this again, like you said, this movie I think unintentionally makes an argument, like Megan's saying, that no, you can't. And and I think again, as Megan's saying, in real life, obviously that's not one hundred percent true. There are men who can have completely platonic relationships with women, and if that woman were to offer that man sex, he would turn it down. Like, yes, those those people exist. I think I would update the phrasing. But I think, to, from in my opinion, just to finish my thought real quick, sorry, in my opinion on this, no, no, in my opinion on that idea of can women and be friends, in my personal experience, close emotional intimacy turns into physical attraction. That's... Most of my relationships, most of my huge crushes, um, people who I 
I believe I I have I've loved were people who were longtime friends of mine, people who I shared very close emotional connections with that then became physical attraction over time. So, you know, and they say like one of the biggest factors in like attraction is just proximity. Like the people that you're around the most tend to be the people who you are attracted to, or at least who you build strong connections with. Um, and I think that plays into this idea of can men and women be friends? It's not even just like a man woman thing. It's can two people who have the potential to be attracted to each other, can they form emotional intimacy without yeah without emotions. it without it becoming a physical attraction i think kind of like this is what billy crystal said about this movie he's like i have a lot of platonic female friendships but it's it can be difficult because mm-hmm. those because uh, your brain doesn't necessarily understand the difference between emotional intimacy and physical intimacy it can easily cross those wires and so from my yeah. my personal experience it's really hard like to be honest like yes i have a lot of female friends especially because I'm in theater and acting like that is you're, you're around a lot of women a lot of times Um, because it's more, it's especially in theater, it's much more female dominated, uh, uh, you know, craft, Um, especially in the college and stuff like that. It was, but for me personally, those lines get very blurred and that's really hard for me because it is hard to like, then be like, I'm risking a friendship for for something that might not even be re- fair or a possibility you know if it's that other person has agency in that relationship too and by you encroaching on being like i have different feelings it can't I, i've had it ruin friendships before where i was really really attracted to a really close friend i had mentioned i brought it up i was like hey i just want you to know and it did dissolve the friendship it's like we can't i can't we can't continue to have the relationship the way it is because because i know the way you feel and i don't feel the same way i feel yeah and, it feels unbalanced sometimes yeah it's it's not you yeah. know and and to that person's credit no i take that back not to that person's credit because they said they they respected it but truthfully they, they did end up kind of abusing that power dynamic mm-hmm. yeah. they like you you know they're like oh no we can still be friends but like that's not gonna happen kind of thing but then like yeah kind of still kind of led me along a little bit like we it did end up blowing up that way yeah um so it's tough i don't know like so i I, like i said i think i don't want to generalize and say that it's not possible i just i think i agree with billy crystal and that it's hard when there's a potential there and there's an emotional intimacy it's just tough not to not to get those wires crossed i think what this movie does a good job of is like i think a good romantic comedy thought about this a lot and why it's so hard, why it was so for a while hard for people to make a good one in that transitional period from like this golden age to like, like the early 2000s ones were kind of rocky, I think is they were trying to use the formulas and tropes of the 90s, 80s ones. And in order to be a good romantic comedy, you have to reflect like the actual dynamic of like relationships in the time yes. you're in. Um, so like new ones, like you have to add like social media and whatever, even though it feels maybe not as romantic, I feel like in order for it to be like a romantic comedy that's like fun and engaging and feels real, you have to do that. So I think this movie does a really good job of reflecting like in the changing, like, you know, second, third, not second, third wave feminism, like coming up and 
like gender dynamics in, um, you know, like the eighties when everything was kind of like booming and women were, you know, power suits and, and all that stuff. I think that was a conversation that was happening. So I think it does a good job of reflecting it. And I think it does it in a way that's respectful enough that I'm not like ew. Um, and that's why it ages really well. Even the conversation on the walkway when he's talking about that, how people can be in a relationship and have opposite sex friends if they're, if only if they're in a relationship, right? That's what he says. Mm. And then, um, he, but then he doubles back. Then he backtracks he immediately, on it. He's like, well, no. And he says, <laughs> he says, but then your partner wonders why you have to go outside of the relationship for something. And even I, I think that was the older way of looking at partnerships, like you know, love, like your partner needs love. to provide everything for you. And like that's they need changed to so much. You, right. Yeah. That's that whole and that's, idea. Now it's far, I think way more romantic. And a lot of people agree that it's more romantic to like not put that all on your partner and be able to like fill your cup from other places and come back to your partner. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it's interesting. It's kind of like a little time capsule kind of to see like what those conversations were like versus where they are now. I don't think well, it's saying like, this is the answer. Yeah. Um, but it's just asking the question. Mm. Well, it's nice to see a rom-com where the two leads aren't aren't trying to be in a relationship with each other. Like, yeah. uh, most rom-coms are, are like, I guess not. I mean, I can think, I mean, off the top of my head, I think of a few of, like, two people who are, like, trying to pretend like they don't like each other, but they do. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, a formula. Yeah. I don't know. It's they, This but, movie just does it so well because they're, yeah. they... It's very, I, mean, I was saying say this earlier. This movie is very much like a play, and it does not surprise me that it has since been adapted into a Broadway play, because the first Which part I didn't it's know. very this yes this first part of this movie you know it has a scene, they they meet they do their little thing they they get to New York and they separate and then it's five years later they meet in this airport they they do their plane scene there then they then they separate again and it's five years later again you know it is very much like these like scenes almost you know it, it is very play like where it's like scene fade out scene fade out scene mm-hmm. fade out and then and then it kind of starts to play out a little bit more traditionally like a film but it, it was interesting for the first like 20 to 30 minutes of this movie spans 10 plus years yeah uh, and then it slows down and we actually get to see them their relationship build so yeah. it was interesting and- to me that it started like that yeah, it's fun to watch them because, like they say, Billy Crystal's character, like Harry, I almost said Billy Crystal's character. Harry says, uh, you know, it's weird having had sex with her and then, like, normally you tell each other all your stories, but we already know all our stories. But that's, like, kind of the fun of watching them, this relationship unfold, watching them be friends first because they've kind of already seen the worst and the best of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and they normally you see that after. So to watch people go into a relationship having like been like I've I've I know your quirks and your weaknesses and your faults and well, also like that. and then that they already fall in love with those things about the other yeah. person right versus like, I hate you Harry I really ends. hate you yeah because then that ends and you've got kind of more faith that that might last versus a regular like romantic comedy where it's like okay it was cute and perfect and now they're together but how long will that last you know like they've already had we've seen them fight we've seen them break up do like a friend breakup like we've seen all that happen yeah i have so much that i'm i know you do you've been quiet for (laughs) a while i know (laughs) we're just talking and talking yeah you guys are just uh 
I, I, you, guys well, are, I, you guys are living in your rigid, your rigid analytical structures. Well, I, I again, I don't. Here's the thing: I don't want to. I'm not putting anybody on blast here, but like to like be very honest. Like on this podcast, I've really, really talked about how much I've struggled to like open up and how much I struggle to like do courtship and things like that. And a lot of it is because I've had so many of these instances where I get really close to a person and I do open up and it become for me, it becomes more than the friendship. And then I have then expressed that. And then it's like not reciprocated in that way. And it like, that's just a hard cycle to keep repeating. Like it's really, really tough. I think you do. Um, I think you keep repeating it. You yeah. learn from it, but you keep repeating it and the right person will stick around. I mean that, yeah, but that's like, you know, you can only, it's a, it's a grind. You know what I mean? You can only put well, your you nose in the grindstone until, until it's your, you can't not be yourself, left. right? You can't not be yeah. yourself. I know. So but, but that's what I'm it's, saying it's, is, saying it's really hard. It's, that's a really, really hard way of like, it's really hard. I'll say this. It's, it's a really hard attachment style. Yeah. Like it's like if you're the person that always like develops romantic feelings for your friends, for the people that you are really close it's to. It's fucking normal though. Like It is normal, but it's like but it's 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 not normal in our day and age. It's not. No, I think it is. I think a lot of people have this attachment style. Frowned but upon. a lot of but a lot of people also are You know, it like you said it has to be the right person. And so the odds of that person also feeling the same exact way at the same exact time is, is it's just, just, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It's a shot in the dark. You know, you, mm-hmm. that person cares about you. Like, especially if it's a re, if it's an actual real friendship, that person cares about you. It, they, they, but they don't necessarily have to feel that same way. And it, but it just sucks when you do and they don't. And then it, it like you, like Megan was saying, it makes that relationship really, really hard to continue because one person knows that they, that the other person is just, it feels like that person is just around because they want to be in a relationship with you. And that's not what it, it's not, not where it started. And that's it not necessarily what of, that person feels, right? Yeah. I think in order for that to work when that happens, somebody's developed feelings and the other person hasn't it requires a lot of emotional vulnerability and maturity from both people and a lot of communication because it requires a lot of checking in and being like, do you need to set a boundary? Do you need, well, it does. Um, Otherwise I think it can get really even more painful really fast. And I've had, I don't know. I, to, I was going to say something. I totally forgot. Damn. Hold on. Let me think. (laughs) This is my cycle. This is this is just the thing that, like I said, this is my attachment style. This is how it always is for me. Yeah. There are very few instances where I'm like immediately attracted to a person that I don't know. Like I can I can intrinsically see that someone's attractive, but uh-huh. like actual like physical attraction to a person for me does not occur, rarely occurs off the bat. It is like That's- a thing that that is discovered. That's interesting because not, not in like a, that's interesting way, but, Mm -hmm. um, I never have was like, it's like a Gilmore girls quote or something like, you Mm -hmm. know, right away. I don't think I've ever started as like 
really good friends with somebody and mm-hmm. then it evolved into that. I think I've always, yeah, I think everyone I've dated, it's been like the second we meet, it's like kind of there. Like mm-hmm. it's, there's like a, maybe a friendship for like a couple weeks or like a month or something, mm-hmm. but there's always that thing. I've never had like a long-term like friendship that becomes like really deep and had it evolve, I think because my friendship, this is going to sound like, I know Seth, you're going to hate this because it's going to sound like I'm being rigid, but genuinely, I think it's because I value those friendships kind of sometimes more than those romantic attachments, depending on, (laughs) I knew you were going to say it. I think, if it's I think you're the, scared of order, Seth. <laughs> let's flip no, the, I fucking let's love flip order. it a little bit. No, I no, think you're I scared of, of analyzing your emotions from farther away because you're used to being in it and like um, reactive. Do you know how much effort I? <laughs> do you know how much effort I put into what you're saying? Okay, well, back to real quick. Back to what I was saying. I I don't think it's rigid. I think also genuinely, it just it doesn't happen. Like I'm. That's not, not your attachment style. It's yeah, like I, I either know. Wait, I'm not done. I either know and <laughs> Mr. President, I'm speaking. Um, what if, like, I've never had it happen, I think, because my brain, like, maybe like Sally's, maybe it's compartmentalizing, but also it makes things so much simpler in life. Like, it I, does. It just simplifies it. Maybe it is like a preservation thing, but I, I haven't regretted it so far. I've had friendships where somebody develops like feelings or an attraction and we've had the conversation and they have been respectful and maybe they take like a few weeks or maybe they don't. And those friendships are still there and still valuable to me. And there's no weirdness. There's no like, I know their girlfriends. I know their new crushes. I know like it can, you can get past that with the right amount of, it's just so much simpler I don't know I just I I have that feeling right away and I'm like this is a thing I will pursue romantically or it is not and wow and you haven't I'm sorry um um (laughs) and like not to say the friendship doesn't build but there's there's always kind of the knowledge on both parties that like yes we'll be friends but they're like there's always that spoken like we're dating ish or whatever it's never turned from like a strictly platonic thing to mm-hmm. you know there's i think there's differences in levels of attraction and mm-hmm. and and levels of chemistry and i think that you can get a crush on somebody is one thing but being in love with somebody is a totally different thing can i ask and you what you were going to say like you haven't what when you were talking uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's appropriate. Um, okay. That I haven't like, it hasn't like stuck. Yeah. It hasn't stuck. That's what I was going to say. But I have been, and I think that's how it's supposed to, I wanted you to say that so I can answer it. <laughs> it hasn't stuck, but I also don't regret any of those things. And the relationships I have had, not all of them have been great, but the, the ones that have mattered have been so important for my understanding of myself. I and get. other people, and I've been like deeply in love. So I, I think agree. that it's worked okay. And I also am not uh, in the past haven't been ready for it to stick. Um, I think I thought I was, but I don't. I, back to the universe, kind of interceding. Like I don't yeah. think that was my thing. Well, so I think it wasn't supposed to stick. Right. I I don't disagree with that. <laughs> 
I don't disagree with it wasn't supposed to stick or you weren't ready for it to stick. But when you are ready for it to stick, you might have to change your method. And it's because to me, that initial attraction is false. And, and that's taken me a long, long time to uh, get over. Um, and so let's put it this way. The last person I was, the last person I, the person I'm in love with, I was not attracted to when I met them. And um, it took a year and a half for me to realize it. Um, and that's different than, that's different than me going to a nightclub and seeing some girl across the room or swiping on Tinder and having some physical attraction to somebody that I can get along with. Deeply knowing somebody and then becoming attracted to them is a different level of feelings. Um, what I but uh, so but also I, I want to kind of chime in here and just say what I want to make sure we're careful of and something that this movie highlights a little bit is that with those vignettes is that everybody's love story begins differently. Yeah, um, and like everybody's yeah. everybody's way that they approach love and that they find love and that they foster love and their relationships is different and yeah do we, I, I think we, just, we want to be careful of like boxing in how how i'm love, sorry i i'm how being love is meant to be letting you know I'm letting my emotions get to me so i'm sorry for that well but. i also to i guess argue my point it's not like i I'm attracted to somebody and then it immediately becomes a thing because of how cautious I am or how slow to enter into a relationship I am. I think I hopefully do like leave that room to figure out if the attraction is just like initial, you know, if there's something more than that, I think there's a way to do it where it's, there's an in-between and the in-between works for me where it's like, there's something there, but I'm not going to like, assume that that means this is it i need to figure it out a little bit my point is if it is it with somebody you're friends with then then that's it like that's a hundred percent like it's worth losing the friendship over every day of the week if you find it and like because because that's what it's about. Like, that is what it's about. It's it's about connecting with another human person on that that level. But it's also um, fun to like. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's well, it's also fun. fun to have the attraction and then realize that you guys like the person that I'm in a relationship with now. The attraction was there right away and very strong and I think that caused like some fear of like oh this can't be like more because how could it be both like how could we feel like this close to each other emotionally this fast and this physically attracted to each other this fast this feels like it couldn't be real and then like we gave it like a long time like 
months and I think started to feel safer in it and like settle into it. And that was also really fun um, and feels strong, you know? I can't comment on that, but yeah. I mean, uh, for Seth, for me, something you, you said was like, you know, if like that love and that like special connection develops between two friends and like it, that's worth like, like risking the friendship. And I think for me, that's the hardest part is, is like, yeah, like, yeah. Finding someone, finding a companion and finding someone that I can love and have a life with is very, is very important to me. And, but something I'm learning is that I, so maybe I'm putting too much, maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on that part of my life that I'm focusing so hard on like searching for that person that like it might be hard for me to find fulfillment in other parts of my life because if I don't have that person then I then I'm not happy and I think I saying saying that 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 is that is the only thing that life is about is really tough because that like kind of invalidates I'm not saying you're doing this on purpose I, I think someone that doesn't find that in their life it's like well then they didn't live and that's not necessarily it may not be with a romantic partner but the boiled down the boiled down factor is so like human connection is what it's about yeah but i think for that friendship then is it counts though and so i think so again going back to my my personal experience with this struggle is that because this has happened to me over and over and over and over again, the risking of that friendship becomes very scary, but also that friendship is important to me because I don't want to just say, I just, I I don't want to say the only reason that I I'm building this connection with you is just because I want a romantic relationship with you because that, because that friendship is also fulfilling in a lot of ways and broaching that topic and being like, I'm willing to throw away this, uh, this important connection that I have just because I'm looking for a romantic companion uh, it scares both. That, sca- well, I know, I know, but it scares me. And also that's the reason why I struggle with it so much. I, it's why I struggle to like get to the point of expressing my feelings because that, that is scary to, cause that, cause kind of go back to what Megan said a, a while ago, that friendship does matter to me. Like, like just because I have the romantic feelings and the physical attraction as well, doesn't mean that friendship does it not should matter, matter to me. It, that friendship should matter more to you. The friendship should matter. It, so it should be the most precious thing in the world to you. Yeah. Like this is, this is, this is my, this is my yes. And to what you're saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm learning in my life right now. And it's, it's, and it's kind of what I said last week, like, if you love somebody, you have to change for them. If they don't, if they need you to change. So like your feelings aren't going to go away. Mm. Your feelings aren't going to go away. But if you love somebody, you have to be willing to give up what you need sometimes. And And it will change, and it will mold you, and it will change you, and it'll make you a better person. And so, so if you actually love that person, and they value your friendship, then you have to figure out a way. (laughs) 
Like you got to figure it out, you know, because um, because love is not self-seeking. And also, if you're both, I think, Ricky, to what you were saying, being afraid of like having that conversation because of past mm. reactions or, or fallout or whatever. I think hopefully the older we get and the more like not only like the people that were around are a little more mature and a little older. And the more we kind of get good at figuring out like who we want in our lives, even if that does happen, if that, if you do like fall for someone that's close to you and you have that conversation with them and you do it in a way that like, I think, I think I know you would do it in, which is like respectful and like clear Mm -hmm. and, and not in a way that sounds like, I, I think that person owes you if they're your friend not assuming that you ever were like, I was only after this friendship for the romantic part. I think what times when I've had those conversations with friends, I, as, as long as a close friend that I trusted and knew had good intentions, I, I don't think I've ever been like, well, fuck you. Like this is all you wanted the whole time. Um, they also owe you the respect of being kind and, and if they do need to draw that boundary, I guess that's on them. But I, I don't think that, I think the older we get, the the more understanding we are of each other's feelings and how nuanced it is and how fragile we all are. That's like, you would, you, that's what you'd like to hope. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it's also, but also as you get older, it's easier to avoid people. Like it's way, you know, we, yeah. friendships are hard to maintain I mean, as adults, Harry, like meeting true. up with friends and seeing Harry's each other. Right. And so- it's very easy to just like be like, I mean, I don't have to see you yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? It's really yeah. easy have, to just like I have go somebody. I have basically, and I I it's, I hate that I'm saying this. It's hard to say this because of uh, I don't want to. I basically said what Harry says about his relationship with Ellen about Sarah. And like, he just, you know, uh, and I don't, see, I don't even want to go into it because it's like, I feel so horrible. She's not even, she's not listening to this, but it's, it's basically, it's, it's I was private. tired and I was tired and I wanted to be done. And six years later. But yeah, I mean, as you get older, it's harder, it's easier to, it, it, it's harder to, to want to date. Like it's harder to, besides the person that I'm currently in love with, the idea of dating anybody sounds fucking awful. So. It is, it's awful. Dating sucks. I feel like. Yeah. There wouldn't be so yeah. many movies about it and like Because it's bullshit. I mean, it's mostly <laughs> bullshit. And um But when it's fun, it's really fun. That's the payoff. No, I don't even think um I don't know. You guys ever seen the mating dances of flamingos? <laughs> I can't Continue. Do the flamingos again, so. You bring up the flamingos a lot in Margos? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, she probably, I, I don't think she's seen it. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Have you seen it? I've seen it. You've seen it? Yeah. 
Have I seen it? Have you seen it, Megan? Sure. <laughs> She's. It's a minute and a half long video. It's an. <laughs> it's a minute and she was on a forty-hour flight. A forty-hour flight, and she can't watch a minute and a half long video. I, let alone. I took hydroxyzine. I was asleep. Let alone my life's work. I was work. medicated. <laughs> Okay, what about... You're, what about you're not watching my show to spite me. I believe that. No, that's not true. Okay, well... Um, the Debating Dances of Flamingos, I'll describe a bit to you, because... Can you, can you do an interpretive dance? <sighs> I kind of, like, do this, like... <laughs> uh... <laughs> thank you thank you for that <laughs> so the reason I bring them up is because you know all the different vignettes of how people meet and and end up falling in love like some people are dogs some people are frogs you know like that's the way they do it but I think humans are so nuanced that some of us are flamingos. I think I'm a flamingo. Um, and it's weird because, like, looking back on my life, flamingos were always, like, a thing. I don't know. But uh, flamingos have, in order to mate, there's very, very specific circumstances that have to, that have to unfold. They have to be on this giant lake at the top of a mountain and it has to be 115 degrees and nothing else can survive up there but the fucking flamingos and then they're on this lake and they have to do this dance for hours like nobody there's nobody's getting laid until everybody does their dance for like a really 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 long time and they all do it together and then and then eventually they mate and i don't know I like that because it gives me hope that there's this dance and and it's truthfully easy as fuck. <laughs> like it's easy like finding your person is actually really easy but you have to go through the dance first. You know? Like there is this, there's this cosmic dance. Even like I, when I was really, really struggling a few weeks back, I was laying in the park on a picnic tape on a picnic blanket by myself. And, and this is where I look to God. Cause like I saw these true dragonflies and they were mating and they were like flying together and mating. And, and it was like, Oh, I mean, even God makes sure the dragons, dragonflies find a mate, you know? And there's a Bible verse about that, but like, not mating, but like, he provides the food for, why are you worried? Because he provides food for the robins in the field, so you shouldn't worry about your next meal, because you're going to get it, you know? And so I, I just, all that being said, this movie gives me hope that Sometimes the dance just takes a while, you know, sometimes. I'm thinking of a Taylor Swift lyric and I'm trying not to say it. 
No, say it, please. Say it. We're all, we're all Swifties here. Well, the one I think of is the one I think of. The one I think of that's been in my mind is just. Do you know how you get the girl? You say you'll wait forever. I was thinking of in ours, which is um, life makes love look hard. Like mm-hmm. it is in theory, like the actual love itself, I think is beautiful and warm and kind, but there's so much other stuff that we let get in the way or that has to get in the way. Or like, I know that I get in my own way all the time. Like even like, again, in my current relationship, like at the beginning, even though I was like, my heart was like, no, this feels right. Like there was so much of me that was like, but what about like all the other stuff? And I'm also so stubborn that I, yeah, if I decide I'm going to get in my own way, then damn it, I'm going to get in my own way. And, <laughs> and getting past that is, is its own, its own thing. That's weird. Cause I was also thinking of a Taylor Swift lyric. What? And it was, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one, that one also, too. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> <laughs> So we all got Taylor Swift on the mind. <laughs> we all got Taylor Swift on the what mind. What do you think? What do you, if you were gonna? This is me doing research for my my movie. What do you think is like the the question of like modern dating? Like in this one, it's can men and women really be friends? If you if you were to update this, like what question would there be? Should you let your partner look at your phone? <laughs> the answer is, you should. I have the answer to that. I don't need a movie about it. <laughs> To you what's your answer the answer is you should feel free to leave your phone unlocked and around your partner you should give them the passcode but you should also trust that they won't look at it it's very but it's if, very modern what, day mom so of what, you. But what, <laughs> i just want to know your password i won't look at it <laughs> i think if my partner it. was like can i look through your phone i would be like we have bigger problems yeah you're right i mean i agree with your i, I agree with your diagnosis as what the answer should be but I think a better, um, a better gauge of how you actually feel is how you feel when you hand your partner your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you hand your partner your you phone, you should feel and fine. You should, but does do most people? I hope. I don't know. I would. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I think if to answer your question, Megan. Um, what like what modern day kind of equivalent of this would be? I think it kind for me it is like what? Gosh, I'm trying to boil this down into like an actual coherent sentence is weird. Um, like what is love supposed to be? Like mm. I think one of the issues that a lot of relationships have or that, that even I have personally is like the way a person defines love is, is as success point. It's really rigid. Like the way you feel that love is supposed to be is very specific to yourself and everybody has different feelings on what love is supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to feel, um, how it evolves and how it changes. Um, and I think it's something that rom-coms get have reason why I think they have trouble these days is because no form of love that these rom-coms show us feels 
correct. Yeah. It doesn't to everybody. It doesn't like some people will watch a rom com, a modern day rom com, and feel yeah that that felt right to me. And everybody, and then eighty percent of other people will be like, no, that doesn't feel right at all. Um, yeah, it feels forced or yeah, if, or it just fe- it feels outdated. It feels mm-hmm. overly naive. It feels too pessimistic. It feels you know whatever it is. You know we have so many different takes on what love is. <laughs> And, you know, and, you know, you can go on any streaming service and find a gazillion different rom-coms and they all have a different way of portraying what love is. And I think the question of modern day dating and modern day love is it's always what, been the same question right is is it's always been the same what question. is love supposed to be and the and i don't think there is an answer i think there is an that. answer i think there is an answer to that it your perception i think and this is a philosophical argument this is like like this is something that if we started to argue it would we could take a lot of time but if love is not real if if you're what you're saying is true, then love is not real. So Why? because because then you are a prisoner of your own perception. So for love to be real, it has to transcend pe- both people. It has to be you have to to actually be able to connect with another human being. Love has to be bigger than your own perception. And that to me is connected to God. So, so, well, I think it's the way I would push back on that is like dogs are real, right? Dogs are a thing. We all can agree <laughs> dogs are a thing. But um, Ricky, that's but, going on your tombstone. Dogs, yeah, are, dogs real. are real. I told you this. This <laughs> Ricky, is going to be a philosophical conversation. Well, so, this yeah. Is, this is, there's I mean, not, an, there's is, not a sure is, answer for this. Right. This is there's a metaphor. Sure this is a metaphor. Dogs, we all can, we all can concede that dogs as a species are real. However... Okay. Every yes, uh, do you, what do you think? <laughs> um, I, just, I haven't seen like, one. No, I'm kidding. You've never seen a dog. You've seen lots of cats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, dogs are real. And the thing about dogs is, all, we have all these different breeds. Yep, okay. we have all these different breeds. They all look different. They all behave differently. But they're technically all the same species. They are all the same species. But they all look, behave, different shapes, sizes. Uh, they're all different, but we can all say that they're dogs. Dogs are real. Love is love is a real thing. Yes, we can all concede that love is a real thing. But I think very much like dogs, it is different. It looks different. It feels different. It acts different to to different people. I think if you're, you, I think there's there's something that love has in common amongst all those people. And that's what, like you said, that's like the core of what love is, Seth, is that thing that you're talking about, the thing that transcends all of that. It is something that it, that it is intrinsically. It's ethereal, and we can't necessarily comprehend that thing. But because it's, you're, I think you're limiting as what – I think what you're saying, my rebuttal is I think you're limiting to the capacity that that big thing or that thing that's outside or that is transcendent is – has impact no so okay no i'm 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 just saying that i don't want to like i was saying earlier i don't want to box anybody in and saying that and saying that there's only one way to to know that love is a thing yeah 
or that your love that you what you're feeling is love or what you have well, is love i i i because i think this is where like if we want to get crazy, into this, this conversation, is a crazy argument this is what like religion gets into right like a lot yeah. of religious people say like love can only be with a man and a woman right that, like like that like any other kind of love you know homosexual love tra- tra- transsexual all that stuff like non-binary asexual that none of that is real to them because they are saying that love is a very specific mm-hmm. very specific thing hole. and so, they and they are then discounting all these other forms of of love and saying that that's not that does not count because that does not fit my, our specific view of what but, love is so to me love is a paradox and it is you know you're in it because you fucking can't get out of it and and to me the point is that it is outside of your own understanding it's evidence it's evidence to me it's the, it's the greatest evidence of god and and so like I believe, like when you're talking about these relationships, like, like that defy Christian norms, right? I think that that is beautiful evidence of God's grace reflected in their lives. So like, so like God is basically creating a paradox. And, and, and where I believe where a, like a like a right wing Christian person would be like, well, that's wrong. Well, actually, it's more like God has created a a world where that's right, even though it's defiant of your expectation. So, so like to me, love is this fucking joke. I mean, but in the best way. <laughs> like, I, I totally understand. I understand what you're what you're saying. It's just. You know, I'm, you talked about perception, but like love is experiential, right? It is not like a something that can be yeah. so easily defined. And there's yeah. no way for you to know the way that I experience love is the same as the way you experience love. That's all I'm trying to say. There's no and way so to I, know. That's what I'm saying. But I think, I hope it is. This is why, sorry, I've been thinking the whole time. This is why at some mm-hmm. point I'm one of my picks will probably be Romeo plus Juliet because this is why I love Romeo and Juliet so much because the pushback to that is always like they're not in love they're 15 but then my answer to that has always been like if someone thinks they're in love how is that different from being in love like if two people are like no we're in love but you think it's not how it should be and both are consenting by well, Romeo and Juliet I guess they're not both adults which is a whole different issue but you know what I mean mm. um then who is anyone to say that like that's not what love feels like or looks like? Um, and I would like to do that movie, but I think I think I agree with both of you, I, in a way. Um, and that, um, I think love is outside of like those physical parameters, like gender and you know sexuality and all that stuff. And also that it reminds me of like the theory of multiple perspectives, how like we kind of are prisoners to our own perceptions. Like we can only experience what we can experience 
And the only way we can like get outside of that is to connect with other people and hear other perspectives. And through all of those like subjectivities, you get to like, if you have like, I think the metaphor I once heard was like, if you have like a million eyes, that's the closest you'll get to like a truthful version of the world is like, if you have room for every point of view and then you can all kind of like finally maybe get close to a true, to a truth. And I think in a relationship or when people are in love, it's like two people with their own unique perspectives who are like those two things come together, their own unique experiences and personalities and all their weird stuff come together and create this whole world and find truth in that. And that is unique to every pair of people. Like that's why there's so many love poems and movies about love and, and cause no one ever experiences it the same way. And Ever. love is one of the most like overall consuming themes of human history. Yeah. Right. Like we've and been I, talking about yeah. love and relationships since the beginning of storytelling. It mm-hmm. is obviously something so transcendent of time and, and society. Right. And the thing two people create, if they're in love, that world that is outside of them, that is something independent from them. Cause if that relationship falls apart, or it doesn't last, I feel like that still, that can carry on. Like that can like either, I don't know. I think that floats around and like perpetuates more of it. Yeah. I mean, I am forever changed by my last relationship. I know that, uh, you know, but I don't, Same, yeah. I don't think we were growing into each other. And I think that, like I said, to me, that's why this movie's movie so beautiful is because it's two people that you get to see grow into each other. Yeah. I think that's the difference. That's what I'm telling myself, right? Like, like why doesn't it work? You know, like why I was going, my last relationship, I was going to make it work no matter what. And at the end of the day, I was still the guy that fucking ended it. And so But that's neither here nor there. I wish I had something to solve the universe's problems right now. We're gonna make chicken fajitas after this. Ooh, that sounds good. My my that's whole fresh guy do. was just calling me right now. He's like, "Where are that's you?" I said, "Just do. leave the box outside." I'm busy <laughs> talking about the nature of love um, and shit. <laughs> what is alone. love? Ask ask the hell fresh love? guy. Maybe he knows. He doesn't know anything. I, I do think. <laughs> I do think that if love is only our, if we are prisoners of our own perception, then that makes me a nihilist, and I do not want to be a nihilist. Well, just hearing you say that is like love breaks you out of that. I think it forces yeah, you I mean, to like engage in someone else's perspective well, and perception, and that is like a miracle. Yeah, itself. that's what I'm. That's my point. That's my. Yeah. That's that's my. That's my saving grace. Yeah. Is that love is real? Yeah. Like if it's not real, then I don't want to be here. And I don't mean that in like a. Because I fight with all my existence for it to be real. It's real. Yeah. That's, I think it's real. that's my whole. I mean, that's my thing. Sometimes I fight too hard. Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like we've all been there at one point or another in, in one shape or form, you know? 
It's uh yeah. obviously it's a super complicated social part of life is like this romantic physical love. I know I wish it wasn't complicated. I wish like you said, I wish it was as simple as oh. do doing a little oh, flamingo dance. Uh, it's uh, 30, 35. It's, it's wild, man. It's fucking wild. It's a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. It is a interesting, intricate, nuanced. God, yeah. See, I was related to Adelaide penguins. Yes. Bring, bring someone a little pebble and say, this is me. You like it? <laughs> and they say either, no, that's not for me. Or, or yeah, that's for, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And then you're together yeah. forever. Like, yeah. that's like, this is me. No. All right. You, you got to keep, I'll shop it around. Keep doing yeah. It, though. <laughs> All right. Shop it around. Yeah. Shop it around. You know? Well, even when you find a person, you got to keep doing it as you grow. You mm-hmm. got to be like, this is my new pebble. Do you like it? I've, I've, I've refurbished my pebble. <laughs> How do you like it? <laughs> Does it fit with your pebble still? Like, yeah. what's our vibe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, how do you relate love <laughs> in animal terms, Megan? What's your animal love term? I have. I, I was gonna say I don't have like an answer for that. Um, I don't know. That's I fun. don't know. You're like. I don't you're know like enough a, about a, animal mating you're rituals. Like, you're like bald eagles, where they they lock talons and they fall to the ground, sure. and if they don't finish before they hit the ground, they're dead. Is that That's real? That's true. Yeah. They'll That's lock, horrible. So they lock talons and they. That's they, not romantic at they, all. They start falling out of the sky, and if they don't finish, they they die. They hit the ground and they die. <laughs> the the nature is crazy. To a romantic moment. Nature's they just, wild. No, it's ride or die. It's so romantic. Yeah, truly. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know enough about. Either animals. we get it done or we die together. That's how much I trust you. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's romantic as shit. <laughs> let me tell you nature if we can get this would be a whole nother podcast talking about how nature look how nature does does love oh my god our, our next movie is planet earth oh my god oh, it's, the, it's the only fucking way i'll get you to watch that fucking video is if <laughs> i pick planet earth i'll watch the video you're pick, not I, pick I'll your own it. special you Seth. Told me what happens, Seth, pick, but I'll pick your own it. special pick it I'm going to have to pick my own special. I'm going to have to pick my show for fucking Do it. Megan to watch it. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we are getting to the end of our conversation for today. Thank you, Megan and Seth, for talking about uh, When Harry Met Sally with me. Thank you for sharing uh, out there, for listening. Uh, tell us what you think about When Harry Met Sally. What kind of things does it bring up for you? Uh, and what is your view of love uh, and courtship and all that great stuff because uh, it because again it is it's a kaleidoscope of experience for everybody um so yeah let's do some quick shout outs here and then we can talk about uh what's next for us which is seth's pick um so megan go ahead and shout yourself out sure you can find me on instagram at megan underscore jane 61 m-e-a-g-h-a-n and at sometimes songs for some writing Thank you, Megan. And Seth? Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Seth Adam Crow on Instagram. That's Crow with me. You can also go to my website, SethCrow.com, um, where everything lives. That is important to me. Um, I'm trying to blog more. I just did one. 
Um, on a whim is the blog title. Um, and TikTok, the birdie word. I haven't posted anything in a few days and I hate it. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, stuff. that's it. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm just not in the marketing. I'm not in a marketing mood. That's all right, man. Uh, and I'm Ricardo Blade Diaz. You can find me at Ricardo Blade Diaz on Instagram and TikTok. You can find this show posting new episodes every Friday morning on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find this show. Again, new episodes every Friday morning, usually. <laughs> and you can find us on social media at What's About Podcast and on TikTok at What's About Pod. Please let us know if there's any movies you'd like us to talk about. We've done fan requested episodes before, and we will do them again. If anybody out there wants to hear our thoughts about anything specific, uh, or if you want to come on the show, uh, we are always open to maybe bringing in a, a, a fan guest. Uh, and yeah, uh, thank you out there for listening. Uh, Seth, it's time to tell us what is next. It's got to be Casablanca. Casablanca, right off, right off. What a, what a, what a good spinoff. Okay, so I want to tell you Casablanca. what was on the short list. I'll, yes, please. I want to tell you what was on the short list because I want to do it soon. I want to, I want to do the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer film. Nice, but, but I don't feel it's appropriate. I think Casablanca is appropriate. Casablanca is appropriate. Hey. Uh, so for anybody out there uh, who's watching along, we're going to be watching 1942's Casablanca. Uh, we're here in a romance phase right now, I guess. I love it. Love that. Love feeling the love. Going for the hat trick. Going yep, for the hat yep, trick. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you out there would like to watch Casablanca along with us, it looks like it's available to stream on Max, Amazon Prime Video, uh, if you have a subscription to those services, if you don't have a subscription to those services, it looks like you can watch it on YouTube, Google Play Movies and TV, Apple TV, Vudu, and Redbox uh, for a uh, very small rental fee. Uh, so that is our show today. Casablanca is what we'll watch next week. Uh, thank you all there for listening, and we will be here to talk more next time. Bye. Bye. Adios. See ya. Bye. <laughs>